Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. So he came as, this, as the apostle. Jesus came then, sent by God, and preached a message to men on behalf of God. As the apostle, he was sent by God and preached this message to men on behalf of God. But he's also the high priest. And the scripture says that he's the high priest of our, what? Confession. And as the high priest of our confession, Jesus intercedes on our behalf to God. Glory to God. From the apostle, from God to men, to the high priest, from men to God. And he is saying really good things about you. He is, the scripture says his blood speaks better things than that of Abel. You know what his blood says? Well, blood's, Abel's blood cried out from the ground. That's what God said. Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground, which teaches us something very early about blood. It has a voice. Blood has a voice, and blood has a voice that God hears. Eve didn't hear her son's blood crying. Adam didn't hear. Cain didn't hear it. Only God heard it. He said life is in the blood. And that blood was crying out injustice. That blood was crying out, avenge me. But the blood of Jesus speaks better things. His blood speaks on your behalf. His blood didn't say avenge me. His blood said forgive them. Glory to God. So he came sent by God. On behalf of God. And he intercedes to God on behalf of of men. Let's look at verse 2. Who was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory, say more glory, than Moses. Now that's pretty glorious because Moses is about the most glorious character in the Old Testament. He is the most glorious character in the Old Testament. But this one gets more glory than Moses. Inasmuch as he who built the house has more glory than the house, all right? So before we go any further into that explanation, as those next few verses will, will do, we'll, let's jump over now to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and we'll begin here in verse 7, all right? This is Paul making a contrast of the new covenant and the law, the old covenant, the Old Testament and the New Testament, all right? But if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones. What is he talking about here? Somebody tell me what, the, what was written and engraved on stones. The Ten Commandments. And Paul calls this the ministry of what? The ministry of death. All right? Written in the great was, look at it, but if that was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was doing what? Passing away. You remember when God, when had, Moses had a meeting with God up on that mountain, and that's when God inscribed uh, the Ten Commandments on the stone, and when Moses came down, his face, because it, he'd been up there with God, who is light, was reflecting God's light, and so much so that, that the children of Israel couldn't look on him, so he put a veil over his face, but the Scripture's about to tell us why the veil was on his face. This is really interesting, all right? 
And, and many like to think it was because he was, it was, he was so bright that they, that they couldn't see. But that's not why Moses put it on there. Watch this. Where are we? Uh, verse 8. What was this glory doing? It was passing away, wasn't it? How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? If that ministry of death was glorious, it had a glory to it, but that glory was temporary is what it's saying. It was passing away. How much more will the ministry of the Spirit or the ministry of the new covenant not be more glorious? Verse 9, for if the ministry of condemnation, wow, this law is getting a lot of labels, isn't it? Death and condemnation. If the ministry of condemnation had glory, I've been to that church before, they, they relish in it. I can remember going to church and people saying things like after we left. Boy, the preacher, boy, he, we had church today. Man, he beat us up all morning. That, that's church? I get beat up in the world all week long. No, thank you. I don't want to come to church and get beat up too. I need to get built up, not beat up. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, all right. Anyway, for if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. So where should you spend most of your Bible reading? If you say Leviticus, you might get slapped. Where should you spend most of your Bible reading? In the glory that's passing away or the glory that excels? Let me remind you tonight, all the Bible is for you, just not all the Bible is to you. And you're grateful for that tonight, otherwise you wouldn't have a right hand or a right eye. You might have been stoned to death somewhere along the way. All right. For if the ministry of condemnation and glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more. Verse 10. For even what was made glorious, and the reason I'm going here is because we're talking about this comparison of the glory of Moses versus the glory of Jesus and why Jesus gets more glory, because he brought this better covenant. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. So he's saying in comparison to this, this glory of the Spirit, this, you really, this doesn't even have any glory. All right, verse 11. For if what is passing away was glorious... You think he's making his point yet? What remains is much more. Say much more. What remains is much more glorious. Remember Sunday when I was talking to you about the seed that remains? How you that are born of God cannot sin? Cannot sin? Cannot sin? But how come everybody's sinning? He says you cannot because his seed remains in him, the Scripture says. His seed remains that which is born of God, which is your spirit, your flesh. Yeah. Paul said, I find a law that evil is present with me. That is a law in my flesh. In my flesh, that's where the sin dwells. And when he, he culminates his whole thought in Romans 7. He says, oh, who will deliver me from this body of death? Because that's all this body will produce. Its desires will produce death. Amen. But the spirit gives life. Okay. Come on. Stay on subject, Eric. For what if... What is passing away was glorious. What remains is much more glorious. Verse 12. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. This is why people who preach faith and grace ought to be the loudest, the strongest, the boldest. Amen. Because this is the truth. Therefore, since we have, unlike Moses, now watch this, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end 
of what was passing away. You know what Moses was doing? He put that thing on, and he kept it on, so they thought his face kept on shining, even though that glory was fading away. But he kept that veil on so nobody would know that the glory had faded so that they couldn't see the end of it, the passing away of it. Mm. Now let's go on, verse 14. But their minds were blinded, for until this day, the same veil, watch this, remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. The same veil remains in the reading, unlifted in the reading of the, because the veil is taken away in Christ. May I ask you again, where should you spend most of your Bible reading? In the Old Testament or in the New Testament? All right? For until this day, that veil still remains. Because these guys, specifically the Jews who are in temple and, and they're reading the Old Testament Scriptures, not that the Old Testament Scriptures are not inspired of God, they are. But these guys are stuck in the Old Covenant. They have not accepted the new and living way called Jesus Christ. They have not accepted and given credit to the new covenant. They don't look at that. So they're still blind. The veil is still on their hearts and they're still preaching the law. Okay? Let's keep going. Verse 15. But even to this day when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Wow. Verse 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, do you see why? Making a huge deal out of the Ten Commandments being taken out of our public buildings. We don't need to make a big deal out of that. We need the gospel on our buildings. Christ died for your sins. He was buried. He rose again the third day. All right? So let's not make a fuss about that. What, this thing's faded, gone. All right? Because look, when one turns to the Lord, that means they have to turn away from that to turn to the Lord. Because right? you can't have both things. You can't have law and grace. They're oil and water. They do not mix. Well, you've got to balance all that good news. You can't just be talking good stuff all the time. You can't just make people feel good all the time. Why? Why? It's good news. What's good news supposed to do to you? How's it supposed to make you feel? Okay. I think I'm in the right church. Nevertheless, when one turn, if you want me to preach mean, I'll do it. I can do it for the best of them. Satisfies this flesh, I can guarantee you that. Nevertheless, when, when, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Okay. And guess what? You know what's cool about this? Is that when you turn to the Lord, guess what? You read the Old Testament in a different way. Because you see it through the eyes of grace. You actually see it from God's perspective now. Because the truth is, sin was our story. That's why we don't preach man's story. You got to tell them they're in sin. Tell them their story? Or do I tell them his story? I think we got our story down. 
Hmm? You need Jesus. Jesus is the answer. We turn on the light. We don't, we don't scream about the darkness. We turn on the light. Amen. Can I help convince you a little bit more on that, just in case you're not in agreement with me? Because I want you to agree with me, not, not because it's me, but because I'm preaching the Bible to you, okay? Go to Ephesians right quick, and then we'll come back here. Go to Ephesians. What? Oh, I don't have my clock. There is no time. Thank you. Uh, shame, shameful, shameful. Thank you, Stephen. My best friend. He goes, oh, keep going, Pastor. Please. Should I do like my old pastor used to do? And that was just the introduction. I used to always be like, please don't say that. You've already preached 45 minutes. Now everybody's nervous. Okay. Or mad. That was just the introduction? Okay. Uh. Ephesians chapter, I'm sorry, I didn't have this in my notes, so that's, oh, there we go, chapter 5. Ephesians 5, David, I love you, man. I'm going to give you uh, twice the money that you usually make tonight, all right? Double those zeros. (laughs) All right, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. Start in verse 8. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God's so good. Man, I'm telling you what, I just, I had a heavy heart all day long today. But when I came to the house of God, everything changed. I'm grateful to God for His house. Amen. Besides that, I can't help but think about my friend Julian dancing before the Lord. For you were once darkness, but now you are what? Light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. In other words, be who you are and do what you do. Verse 9. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Keep going. Verse 10. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. We're getting there. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. We're going to stop right there for just a moment, David. But rather do what? All right. The legalistic preacher loves this verse right here. Those guys who love preaching on sin, they love this verse. All right. It says we've got to expose it. Somebody's got to preach on it. Somebody's got to expose the darkness. Somebody's got to say something. All these feel-good preachers. These greasy grace, hyper grace preachers. Eric Holler. (laughs) Only tells people about all the good stuff in the Bible. Only preaches the gospel. Okay, uh, verse 12. But rather explosive. And then they don't read verse 12. For it is shameful even to speak of those things. Oh... So how can we expose them without speaking about them? We turn on the lights. We bring the light of the gospel. We preach Jesus. And the darkness is exposed. Because when you talk about Jesus and this good man, 
What does it do to your heart when you think about the goodness of God, what Jesus Christ did for you? He took the blame for all of the wrong that you ever did. He took it upon himself. God blamed Jesus for what you did. How does that make you feel? Exposed. Right? This is how it's done. It's shameful to speak of those things. That's why we exalt Jesus. Those things will take care of themselves. We've got to turn on the light. Amen. Amen. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians 3. And I'm almost at, what time is it really? I have no clue. 8 8, 10? Okay. All right, I'll wrap it up here then. Uh, where were we in 2 Corinthians 3? Verse 14. Thank you, Mary Beth. But their minds, are, no, we're a little further. 16? 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. That's verse 17. This is good. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? So with the law, there is death and condemnation, but with the Lord, there is liberty. Hallelujah. Okay. Verse 18. But we all with, say, unveiled face. Oh, yeah. Unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror. This gets me. Oh, God, this is so good. I wish I'd written this. Beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed. Come on, turn to somebody and say, hey, you're a work in progress. You're a work in progress. You're perfect, but you're a work in progress too. You're being transformed. Beholding as in a mirror... The glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. Which image? What's the image? Jesus. Good answer. That's a good, it makes me think of that Sunday school teacher who was talking to her kids. And she said, all right, kids, what's brown has a furry tail, climbs trees, and collects nuts in the winter. And a little boy reluctantly raised his hand and says, Teacher, that sounds an awful lot like a squirrel, but I'm going to say Jesus. <laughs> but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Can we bring up the amplified version of that as we close? And this is the closing verse of this same verse. This is beautiful. We got we to gotta know what, I, wanna, I just want you to see what the mirror is. What's the mirror? What's the mirror? Come on, ask somebody. What's the mirror? What's he talking about? Okay. But we all, uh, should I just read it? You doing all right back there, David? All right. Can we give David a big hand? He's awesome. Thank you, man. You're a huge blessing back there. There we go. Uh, no, that's Hebrews 3.18. 2 Corinthians 3.18. Sorry. We have a glory that is an excelling glory. I love that. I love the way it words, the excelling 
glory. I mean, it's just getting better and brighter and greater all the time. Excelling, excelling, excelling. Look at this. And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continued to be... Huh? You really like that New King James Version, don't you? <laughs> He's messing with me now. He's like, you just thought you were closing. As with unveiled face, because we continue to behold, watch, in the what? Oh, the Word of God is the mirror. Now, this is, this is amazing. The unveiled face, with the law, you get contrast. With the law, you get contrast. Moses would not show his face. Why? Because the glory was on him and not on them. In other words, contrast. You won't be like me. But look at this. We have an unveiled face in Christ, and we have a mirror, not a contrast. And when we look into the Word of God, we actually see our reflection in there. But you're going to have to believe what the Word of God says about it, because it says you look really awesome. It says things like, you are pure, you are holy. You are above reproach in God's eyes. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are holy, brother. You are partakers of the holy calling. Well, Lord, I don't feel like that. You got to keep looking in the mirror. You got to keep looking in the mirror because it's telling you who you really are. Now, that mirror that you're looking at in the morning in the bathroom, it can be scary sometimes. But this mirror has good things to say about you. And it's not a contrast. It actually is telling you you look like Jesus. And the more that you believe that, this says that you're being transformed into that image. And if you believe that you're like Him, my family, you will behave like you are like Him. If you believe it, if you really believe it, then you will act accordingly. And you'll talk accordingly. And you'll think accordingly. We have to put on the mind of Christ. Because it ain't naturally there. We have to put it on. Right? Get ourselves in the position to see ourselves as He is. So are we in this world. Amen. Let's stand together. Father, thank You for this time with my family. Thank You, Lord, for this, this great Word. Thank You for Your Word that is eternally alive. It is right now relevant for our lives. It touches spirit, soul, and body. And so we invite your word to do what it needs and wants to do. Let it have its full effect in us through and through. Thank you, Lord, that your word is powerful. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword or any twice-spoken word. doesn't matter what two other people say. What me and God say trumps it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. That's why we can, we can, whatever tongue rises up against us in judgment, we can condemn it because the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you, Lord, that the, uh, as the proverb says, that your Word is life to those who find it. It's health to all of their flesh. We thank you that your Word is bringing health to us even right now. Hallelujah. It's, it's 
removing pain. It's removing sickness. It's removing infirmity. It's removing things that are contrary to God's perfect will that we be healed by Jesus' stripes. We thank you for that. We thank you that your word is renewing our minds, Lord. We're changing the way we think because we see your word. We want to believe your word. We want to think your word, God. We don't want to think these old nasty thoughts. We want to keep repeating the same things over and let your word wash our minds. Hallelujah. Thank you that it's, we invite you to let your word soften our hearts tonight. We invite your word to take deep root in good soil tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. We're not letting it be sown among thorns and thistles. We're not letting it be sown on shallow, calloused ground. No, we're opening up our hearts deep. Why let the seed take deep root so it will produce your life in our lives? We thank you for it, God. I thank you, Lord, that for this people, Lord, who don't only just appreciate the Word of God, who don't only just love the promises of God, but, Lord, that they live in the very realities of those promises. Thank you, God, that this people, they know their God. They are strong, and they do exploits in the earth. I declare over them, in Jesus' name, their families, all they and all their house shall be saved. I declare that their children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be their peace. No evil shall befall them, and no plague shall come near their dwelling. You give your angels charge over them to keep them in all of their ways in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that they live the life that you came to give, that is life, and that more abundantly. Bless them as they go here tonight. Just as they've been blessed coming in, I thank you that they're blessed going out. I believe that everything their hand touches shall prosper. When they go, the favor of God goes before them as a shield. Thank you, Father God, that you make their way prosperous and they have good success. Thank you, Lord, for the message of reconciliation, that they'd be bold to declare this good news, God, that they would turn on the lights, hallelujah, so that those that are out in their darkness, Lord, would see the light, would hear the word and believe. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.